All right, welcome back to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops Podcast, Trade Deadline Edition. I'm here with senior writers Matt Hannafin and Daniel Riccio, and uh, you know we're looking at a big week, so I'm going to pass it off to Matt, and uh, we'll discuss the trade deadline before. Or sorry, we'll trust the trade deadline so far. <laughs> My God, it's been a day. Uh, we're about 44 hours, 44 and a half hours until the deadline. Uh, we're recording this 7.30 Eastern um, on Tuesday, February, what? Seventh, yeah. and I mean, so only, oh, so far the only trade that's really happened Miami related is Dwayne Dedman. He was traded to the San Antonio Spurs with the twenty twenty eight second round pick earlier today. Um, first, before I give my thoughts, what do you guys think about that trade? Just, I think. Off. What do you guys I think? think? It, I think the Dedman trade was honestly long overdue. I mean, I know a lot of people are even kind of confused with the amount of money he got in the offseason to begin with, even just coming into the year. Um, I mean, since we're on the topic right away on Deadman, I, I do want to say that I, I appreciate what Deadman, you know, brought to the heat for a couple of seasons. He, he was serviceable, especially in the beginning of his tenure on Miami. Um, obviously, it didn't end the way that anybody would want it to with, you know, up and down performances and, and whatnot. But I, I do appreciate the service that Deadman brought, especially in the beginning. I'm with you there, man. I mean, like, let's be honest with each other. Deadman was gone as soon as the Theragun hit the ground, you know, yeah. he Theragun. was, a, he was gone as soon as he signed that contract. Yeah. We knew he was, he signed the contract as a salary filler. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, in the end, Miami wasn't able to attach him to, let's say, a um, Robinson or a Mar or like something like that. They weren't able to do that because he tanked his value with how he played this season. But he was signed to a nine million dollar extension because at some point, whether it be this deadline, whether it be the offseason, whether it be the following deadline, even though next year he was on a non guaranteed that he was going to get traded or he was going to get moved. And I don't like. Yeah, it's kind of like the Myers Leonard deal that they signed a couple of years ago. Remember when Myers was making like what nine and a half, ten million dollars, yeah. something like that. This was yeah. just a smaller version of that because heading into the off season, we were just like, all right, is he going to sign for a minimum? And then he signs for twice that or almost three times that. We're just like, wait, what? But in, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, if you want an extra couple million dollars, as like you need that million as like a filler for something then you have that at your disposal, but says we weren't able to, since he pretty much tanked his value with how he played this season. And I guess they probably couldn't find a deal um, on top of that with like, again, a Duncan Robinson or a Kyle Lowry or something along those lines. They just decided to move him for a second round or with a second round pick and create a trade exception. They're now 5 million below the luxury tax. And so they have some flexibility to work with still, but Ultimately, the goal that they sought out to do didn't really get accomplished, but it also helped, not helped them, but it kind of maybe have helped them in like another weird way. I guess we'll see in a couple of days, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to think about Deadman too. Like, I know he's gone. And I know his outro from the heat was probably not the most graceful of exits, but um, that's not to say, I think like, I think we need to look at Dwayne Deadman as a heat success story. You know, like uh, 
he was out of the league. He was sitting as a free agent and nobody was, nobody was calling his numbers. And Miami brought him in, turned him into a really serviceable backup center and got a lot of good minutes out of him when he was pretty much considered washed up. You know, it's a, uh, you know, he'll go to San Antonio and he like, unless they wave him, he might have actually a spot in that rotation. Like uh, he showed that he can be capable um, at times. He even like showed uh, signs of being a modern center with being able to space and shoot the ball well from beyond the arc, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's a good point. yeah, there's some stuff in there like that. It didn't go right. Like this year has been, you know, despite a pretty strong start, I want to say like he's regressed pretty quickly and obviously the blow up on the bench, like, there's a difference between Jimmy Butler blowing up at Spo and Dwayne Dedman blowing up at Spo. I'm also like, I mean, I've heard the rumors like in, in different readings around the web and, and magazines and that kind of thing that like Dedman is a prickly personality. I think what are the words to describe him? So it's like, I don't know if like, I don't know how loved he was in the locker room. Like I don't have that kind of access, but you know, I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to be losing sleep over losing Dwayne Dedman. I think, for the heat, it serves a purpose. Um, maybe, maybe it serves something larger than a salary dump, but like at the, at this point, like that's what it was. It also, I think they're going to wave them. I think San Antonio is going to yeah, wave them. That, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think they're going to. That's what I was also going to say. I, I read a report from NBA central on Twitter that it did say that the Spurs were not intending on keeping Deadman. So what do you think? It's what do you think? Sad, is this, so. Is this it? So if if he gets waived, is this it for Dwayne Dedman? Or does he does he find himself somewhere this season? If if anything at all, maybe he can get some G League reps again, which is what he was doing prior to when Miami picked him up, when Atlanta dumped him. Maybe he could start from there and you know prove his NBA worth again. Uh that that's the only thing I could think of right now, but I mean, if the San Antonio Spurs, which is a team that is rebuilding or tanking, whatever you want to say, if they're not even interested in at least keeping them for a locker room presence, then it probably doesn't say much about what his future could be in the NBA still. So it, it is it is a shame, especially like because how you pointed out before, how Miami kind of took him on as like a low risk, high reward kind of kind of contract you know he wasn't even in the league and he he ended up being serviceable and proving that he could still be a quality rotation player at times but it sadly it didn't didn't end like how many people thought it would when we originally got him and we saw that he was still productive it just it it was definitely a rocky ending for him yeah, I mean, definitely not ideal when you're losing minutes to Orlando Robinson, but you couldn't have him out on the court. He was a liability more than anything. But this leaves us in an interesting spot. Or, sorry, well, it leaves the Heat in an interesting spot and us as fans just waiting with bated breath to see what happens. I know I know. before we started this podcast, Matt put queued up tweet deck on the TV so he, would miss any, uh, he wouldn't miss anything. So that's how locked in we are over at Hot Hot Hoops. You know, we're not going to miss anything. If something breaks uh, during the episode, we're going to talk about it. But... Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it might happen, but you know, we, we look, who knows, man. I don't know. I mean, all I got, all I'm getting right now is like Devin Booker and Cam Thomas tweets. Cause their game just started. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if it's on national television or not, but 
Uh, how, about LeBron, how about LeBron tweets though? I saw he showed up <laughs> looking pretty spiffy for yeah. Nice to be the night. <laughs> yep. Not to pull a complete Miami and say you can go com- go Dexter if that's a dated reference at this point, but tonight's the night or could be. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see what happens, but um, you know I got nothing yet. So no, if something right. does happen, I'm sure you guys will also probably know as quickly as I will. But nothing, yeah. nothing's happened yet. I'm kind of, part of me is kind of hoping something does happen, not because it's just a trade, but like something like we could react to. It's like a whoa, or like, uh, like just something. I don't know. Yeah, some, some to make the listeners go like, oh. But I, again, to be fair, this will also be probably be coming up like because Surrey is going to put up a podcast <laughs> a little late. So <laughs> and excitement will probably be a little dated. Um, even even though Surrey is very timely in getting these up, it might probably go out tonight, but it might be a little, <laughs> a little dated. But hey, no, some uh, will happen after he we oh, after we stop recording. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how it usually works. But uh, anyway, so that leaves the Heat with a couple bodies on the team that have been in trade rumors for years at this point. Um, but yep. those two those two bodies are, of course, Duncan Robinson and one Kyle Lowry, uh, both injured at the moment and both coming in with, uh, with really mixed trade value, in my opinion. So I'm going to throw it to you boys and uh, see what you have to say about it. Uh, well, do you, do you guys think they get, do you, okay. What are the odds do you think that both get moved? Like on a scale of one to 10, just, I, I want to see, I want to hear. I both. would say eight. I would, I would actually say eight. eight. All right, Brandon, what do you got? Okay. For both of them or just one, one or the other, both of them, uh, not, maybe not, not in the same deal, not in the same yeah, deal, but deal. like both moved, both are not on the heat by Thursday's deadline. What do you think? If you were to, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you're certain you couldn't be more certain and one being you, they're both going to be there. I have a five man and I, and only, and and I'll justify it. Duncan is a very low value, but he does provide, he does provide a lot. Um, You know, in, in, I think like, I think in a new city, he might be pretty fantastic. You know, we, we don't, we don't know. He could be that Duncan of old and with a change of scenery. Cause like really he had a weird digression and, a, and Max took his minutes and he, he had a, it like, it was just a slump and he lost it and just, it didn't work out last season. There were moments this season where I thought he was getting it back and then he got hurt. So I don't know for Lowry. That one's really interesting because there were times this season where he looked fantastic. And there were times this season, he looked God awful really like really showed his age, but he's a serviceable NBA championship point guard, you know, like the, his minutes this season overall were the same pre, or sorry, his stats this season overall were pretty much the same as his championship season with the Raptors, you know, as like, you know, as crappy as he's been playing with the heat lately, you know, that those averages are still decent. It's more or less, he does look, his role is gone. His role last year does not exist on this heat team. And I don't know, if that's what should have happened, but it is what happened. It's what's, it is what happened. Like to be a successful point guard, he needs the ball in his hands. He doesn't have the ball in his hands. Hell, he doesn't even play fourth quarters. You know, like, um, I was the game against the Knicks I covered last week where Lowry just couldn't hit the side of a barn. And at his age, without a three point shot, um, and being that threat, like he's not, he's not that serviceable point guard. But that being said, he has a lot more value as an expiring contract in the summertime than he does right now at the deadline. So unless it's a package 
with Duncan and Lowry included to entice someone and probably a contending team. I can see them. I can see them moving Duncan and waiting to move Lowry. So that's why, that's why I'm a little, that's why I'm five out of 10 on the trade me scale at this point. But Matt, what do you think, buddy? I'm closer to Dan. I think it's about a seven, seven and a half. And may it, that might, that might grow. See, here's where I'm at with Lowry. This last month, this last month and a half has been like he has looked like he's even older than thirty six. Yeah, like, I agree. He's this hasn't been good, and I don't know. I don't. I'm not even sure if it's completely salvageable because he. It here's here. This is like kind of an unfair comparison, but this is the comparison I'll throw out because it's not in different circumstances, obviously. But he almost looks like Harden before he looked, he left Houston. He just. He doesn't look comfortable. A part of me just thinks he's somewhat checked out. Maybe he's not. I have no idea. But, like, I mean, you're right in the fact that his role is different. He's working more off the ball. Um, but, like, if you, re- if you look at the tea leaves of this, they were, they, they're not playing him. As you mentioned, they're not playing him in fourth quarters anymore. They were a month ago. He gets and, about- that's, and that's slowly decreased over time. And He's now, now 24, yesterday, 26 minutes a night right now. Huh? I think over the last, like, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. He's averaging about maybe 25, 26 minutes. Yeah, okay. Um, but like, even yesterday, how often do the heat leak stuff? I was just going to bring that up. And that's the, I was, I was going to say, like, that's why I'm so high on that one to 10 scale on if they, they get moved or not, because exactly your point, how often does Miami heat trade rumors leak out, especially trade rumors where we're moving players. There, mm-hmm. There's clearly been plenty of rumors of us acquiring people or sp- specific players, but how often really is it that players on our team get leaked through media with trade rumors, especially someone who is of Lowry's caliber, who's our starting point guard. He's on a $30 million a year contract. And I mean, what, what really made me know that it, this really could be it. This really could be the last couple days is when I saw the report from, uh, from Barry Jackson yesterday, right, right. where yeah. Miami seemed quote unquote motivated to moving him, something like that doesn't just, you know, leak out, especially from the heat. That's true. And especially to one of the biggest publications in Miami that has almost a direct line to yeah. not the front office, but people inside the organization. That's it's not fair. like That's it was leaked to someone from like, to like USA today yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that. This was leaked to Barry Jackson and Anthony Chang. I'm leaning a little bit more, especially I just, I just seeing right now today at three 59 PM, the heat say Kyle Lowry left knee soreness. We'll miss the team's next three games and then be evaluated. That, that, okay. He actually might be injured, but to, as we've recently discussed with these reports yesterday, Greg yeah. Silverner from five reasons reported that they're motivated to move him again. Oh, that information to the heat just doesn't get Motivated is an interesting word to use as well. Right. Right. So like we kind of talked about this a little bit in our Slack yesterday, but like this stuff doesn't usually leak. That's fair. And so that's where it's like, 
if you again, if you're reading the tea leaves, it's almost like they, they're doing this in stages and they've done this before, but they're doing it in stages to where it's like, OK, you're you're starting him. Obviously, you're, you're starting the game. But now he's not playing many fourth quarters. Now they're pra- they're practically bracing for the fact this is three days ahead of the deadline. They're practically bra- bracing, not just the organization, but like the team, the fan base that. All right, he might not be a member of the Heat by Thursday's afternoon deadline. Yeah. And so that's with Kyle. I'm like, I think he's getting moved. Like, if I'm if I were a betting man, I think it's like almost a 75-25 that he's getting moved. Again, maybe with a knee injury, maybe that complicates deals. Maybe a team's not willing to take that as opposed to if he was healthy. Um, there's also the case where teams could convince themselves that okay, if he was healthy. Maybe he is an impactful rotation player, and thus we will take him um, mm-hmm. for whatever it is. But there, so there's kind of two sides to the coin here. But like, I think he's getting moved. I mean, I think, I think Duncan, whether it's with like a Struess or a Vincent or a Caleb Martin, or maybe they attach Jovic and a pick or whatnot, I think he'll be getting moved to in a deal. Um, he was practically out of the ro- he was in and out of the rotation. He's been in and out of the rotation. Oh, yeah. He was practically out of the rotation before he got hurt. Um, it would, yeah, these last few seasons for Duncan haven't been the best, especially after his rookie season. But there comes to a point where it's like that contract's not good. You could potentially get something else for it. Like, there's ways to mix and match these two players with these deals. Again, that's where Deadman's they them trading Deadman plus a pick kind of comes back to bite because again, you could have used that salary to even push push it a little bit further if you needed to again you still get the flexibility with the trade exception and whatnot but like there's ways to mix and match these deals i think they're they almost have to at least with one of them i don't know again if i were a betting man i think i think both of them um are out the door just for those reasons but like i i do think that both are gonna end up being moved but if if anything Lowry, I think, has much more of a chance to be moved just because he has more value. Like you, we've seen reports where teams are actually interested in Lowry. I, I just right off the bat, I know Los Angeles Clippers and yep. Minnesota Timberwolves have both expressed some sort of interest in Lowry. You don't see any reports of anyone having interest in Duncan. And like honestly, the report that came out yesterday that that we put up on, on the website and the social media pages, we're even adding a first round pick potentially just to move Duncan's contract. Like that just shows how I hate to say the word desperate, but it just shows how much we really want to move Duncan Lowry. Like there's teams who have interest. So if like, if anything, I would say Lowry is going to be moved more than I would say Duncan could be just because Lowry's more attractive to other teams. But yeah, like I, I, I see both getting moved, maybe even in the same trade. I don't know, but it, it's possible. But so what type of contracts would you be getting back? I mean, like what, I wonder what team would accept both of them. Like what, what contracts would you also be getting back? Cause if you think about it, that's what $45 million in salary. Send them yeah. back to Toronto. Not many teams could take that. I'm at least tax-paying teams in pretty much every single – or not teams over the cap, I mean, but 
still. I also I also wanted to note that that quote that I said before that the Heat were motivated to find a team for Lowry. It was Greg Sylvander who released, yeah. not Barry Jackson. That's my fault on that. That's good. Um, yeah. Look, so let's let's just take a step back here for a second. And obviously, Lowry hasn't had the best year with the Heat, and though he's had his highs and his lows. And last year, he he had a he played pretty damn well. Um, and, yeah. What do you what do you so as Heat fans and as people who cover the team, we we're pretty hard on our players. You know, we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty damn hard on our players. Um, <laughs> What do you th- make of Kyle Lowry's time in Miami? Do you find it a, like, say he does get traded before next week? And depending on the player he gets back, you know, if he does get traded, is he a heat success or is he a, considered a heat failure? And I pass it back to you guys. I hate I don't know to how you- be like as blunt as possible, but I would say it has to be a failure. I mean, I saw like this post on Instagram where it actually said, Kyle Lowry has somehow been able to make the heat worse both on and off the roster and being off the roster, meaning when he used to kill us in the playoffs in Toronto and being on the roster when he just hasn't been productive this year. But then again, last year, he, he was much different last year, not even really the stats that were way different, just like the overall, Overall impact and his energy and his vibe to the team, it, it felt different last year, especially when we got off to that hot star. I remember last season when we had a early season game in Dallas and Lowry showed out that game. And it was it was interesting like to see, you know, Lowry being the new pickup. It was really like his first standout game for the Heat. And, you know, the year prior, we were struggling to you know climb above 500 we were we got swept in the first round with the bucks and len lowry comes in after acquiring him and we get the first seat so lowry his impact has looked much different within the last two seasons i would say the first season was a success although he got hurt when we needed him the most in the playoffs but Injuries happen. I'm not going to blame him for that. But I would, to answer the question, I would say he's a failure just because of the way he ended up. I, I feel like it's it, it always matters the way you end and the way you go out more than when you come right in. But just like you could say that in just a basketball game, it, it always matters the way you finish, not the way you start. And yeah, Lowry started off with, a lot of promise and he helped us become a first seed in the East last year. Just the inconsistencies this year, it's, it's been too much to overcome. It's, it's gotten to the point where it's becoming a liability as of recently, not not even playing him in the fourth quarter and those back-to-back games with the zero, zero, zero stat line at halftime and being minus 20 or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not a good look for anybody involved when your $30 million all-star caliber point guard is putting up stats like that on a, on a consistent basis on back-to-back nights. Matt, you want to go or you want me to? I, 
I mean, I'm kind of there. It's you signed him to a three-year, eighty-plus million-dollar deal to stabilize the offense. Part in part because Jimmy wanted Kyle. They were friends. Yeah. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Uh, but it just didn't work. Um. So I might, I might be like, I'm not going to say it was a success, and I'm not going to say it was a failure year. I'm going to say it's pretty much as expected. If you guys have, if you've watched Kyle, like. Obviously, I'm Canadian, so I've watched Kyle Lowry during his heyday, you know, like yeah. over over here. Um, and there's a certain style of basketball he plays, which leaves him battered and injured, you know, most of the time. If you think you're going to get 100% Kyle Lowry throughout the season, you are sorely mistaken. It's just not a thing. It never happens. You know, he will always be playing with some kind of injury. It's the type of player he is. When he plays defense, he'll take charges. Like, that's that's just what happens. So when you when the Heat signed Kyle Lowry to an eight million dollar deal at the age of what thirty five, I figured yeah. you're looking at a re- you're looking at probably probably one very good season, and then bearing an injury or something along or just general father time regression, you know you're gonna get something like pretty average. What I didn't account for though, because I think his first season was an absolute success. You know he missed a lot of games. Like uh, with the personal issues, which was a which was a big bummer, and I think that's why he got he got his injury in the playoffs. But when he was playing, he was a true conductor of the offense. It like it flowed through him, and when the Heat had him on the court, they were really good. And I'm not gonna and like despite the injury, I'm not going to forget about the gutsy performances he played in Game Six and Game uh, Seven against the Celtics. Like he was playing on one leg, and he had he had came up in some really big moments. Like. Like that for me, like if I think of Kyle Lowry in a heat uniform, I'm thinking of those moments. Now this season, Kyle Lowry, the offense is not flowing through him. It hasn't been flowing through him since game one of the season. The the scheme has changed. And let's face it, the heat started this season not well, like pretty awful. You know, I don't think that was necessarily his fault. But also, you know, it's it's the type of player he is. It's like if you take the ball away from him, he can't do what he usually does. So it's like, I can't put all the onus on him for like having kind of a really down year, but I also can't put all the blame on him either. Like he's never looked comfortable in this offense. And I think you both can agree that the only time he did look comfortable in this offense was when he was really the only player who wasn't injured on the team, you know? And, and I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's um, crazy that his best scoring games and his best overall games were those games. You know, where it's like he was suddenly the point guard with the ball again, because that's what he's been the majority of his career. It's like, you know, you can't take a guy and change change the way he plays significantly and then expect him to be as good as he usually is. So it's like I wouldn't qualify like long story short, just to dovetail it. I wouldn't qualify Lowry's heat tenure as a colossal failure. I'll say it's been it's it's pretty much gone to the average of what I expected, especially given the change in role. And I think, I think that's, I think that's the, probably the f- most fair assessment I could give. I just wish, I just wish it could have been spectacular. And don't forget with Lowry's, you know, inconsistencies this year, it's always hard for an, uh, an aging veteran point guard to really be comfortable when there's different starting lineups out there every night. You know, with the people that have been in and out of the lineup, I mean, you're telling him to have chemistry and work with all sorts of different groups. So 
like that could be a, a, something that people don't really talk about either. That's but he also he, he also did it last year all the time. You know, like the Heat had the most changing starting lineups like right. week to week to week, and Lowry was a part of many of those. So it's like, like I want to give him, man, Dan, I want to give him that excuse too, but I just can't. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to just give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. You know, but, no, it's not. It's not horrible, man. Like, look, like if we if we look at the stats, and um, this will be the last thing I'll say before I take us to break. But like, if you're an NBA player. Uh, and you're averaging 12 points a night, 4.3 rebounds, and 5.3 assists, you know, at 36 years old, you're still pretty damn solid. Yeah. But it's just like, it's just like, you know, we hold everybody to heat caliber. And, uh, and I I don't think Lowry's been a heat caliber point guard since round one of the playoffs last year. And those stats, like those are great stats for someone who could be his age and, maybe making 10 to $15 million max. Right. Right. But just the fact that he's making double that, <laughs> that's not good enough. That, that's, yeah. uh, that's just uh, me being honest. It, yeah. It's solid. It's, it's not horrible, especially for his age. That's, that's what you could ask for from a 36 year old point guard. That's, it is solid, but it's, it's not enough for what the man has got is, has gotten paid. It's just not enough. No, I agree. I agree. All right. I'm going to take this moment, uh, take us to break for a second. Uh, you'll hear from uh, whatever sponsors we have left. And uh, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll come back uh, with, a, with the final portion of the show. So stay tuned. Good. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm here again with Matt Hannafin and Daniel Riccio. And uh, we're talking trade deadline and we're talking anything that's happening uh, in the Twitterverse right now. So I'll pass over to Matt. Anything on Twitter? It's uh, it's 8.05 p.m. Eastern time on uh, Tuesday, February 7th. And what do we got? Uh, well, it doesn't involve the heat, but it's kind of funny. Um, according to Chris Haynes, the Phoenix Suns' new owner, Matt Ishbia, intends to bring in Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas uh, oh. to have a prominent role in the front office. Oh, okay. That is so... Uh, you get rid of controversy to probably bring in some more controversy, but uh, yeah, that's that's the best thing I got. Tell this is it sounds like a stranger <laughs> to controversy at this point, um, you know. So, uh, so I like like <laughs> I. Uh, okay. Oh man! All it's, right, it's, yeah, that was yeah. that was my Twitter up. That's the one thing I've gotten uh, so far. Again, probably recording this on Wednesday. The thing that'll happen will happen after we hit stop. But, you know, it's what I got. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, moving on from that one, because I think we could all spend an entire podcast talking about that. <laughs> um, let's let's get to a more happy note. And that being. Did the, they trade for Kevin Durant? What? Oh, what? The Phoenix? No, Miami. No. Miami. Like, oh, okay. I, I thought we were gonna do All Star and then talk Target. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to All Star and talk about our second time All Star, who should very much be a four time All Star at this point, and that mm-hmm. is Bam Adebayo, who's having an exceptional year. Um, everyone who said that Bam needed to be in in quote bold quotation marks here, maybe some italics too, more aggressive. Well, they got him this season, and he has been fantastic. Um, he put up a like just recently put up a fantastic uh, performance at MSG that was kind of wasted by Miami. 
Um, and you know, it's nothing to scoff at because he's doing it all season. So big ups to bam. Um, I'll let you guys speak to it in a second. Uh, but you know, was it a snub for Jimmy? Jimmy's probably thrilled and Jimmy could still get in bearing any injury, but right now that man's going to have a nice vacation. Um, but you know, so we have, we have, uh, we have one heat all-star, um, I know people would love to make the case for Tyler, but I don't think it makes sense this season. But uh, I'll pass it to you, boys. I want to I hear what you think. Well, Jimmy does have a chance of making it because Durant it won't, be, won't be available now. I was, I was seeing just comments on social media. It, it really seems like everybody's putting it down to Siakam or Jimmy, actually. So I would say at, at this point, he's got a 50-50 shot, potentially. I might give it to Siakam, personally. I think it's yeah. I would too because I want Jimmy to have his vacation. It's my only reason. And also, I actually do think Siakam's probably more deserving, but nevertheless, I want Jimmy. I want Jimmy to enjoy his time in the Bahamas or wherever he's planning on going with he, uh, who, he, he and his people. Who has been available more, Jimmy or Siakam? I know they both like sat out a couple, like some games every now and then this year. Do you know? Do either of you know who's played more? Uh, I, my instincts Siakam. would probably tell me Siakam. Jimmy's only missed like what 15, 16 yeah. games. But anyways, I let Jimmy have his vacation. Let Jimmy have his <laughs> he seems happy about it. I don't want him to get, be upset. Let Jimmy have his vacation. Let him re, <laughs> let him reset for the final twenty five games or whatever. Give him a week off. He's already uh, came he's already said in the past he'd rather spend time. He'd rather not be all he never Star gets featured game. in the All Star game anyway. Like, but like just the weekend itself. Yeah, I'm thinking Jimmy, of like his Jimmy's last not goal. built for All Star games. No. It's, really, it's just like he doesn't want to play. Like uh, it, the one where they had that the, Dragic's All Star game. Uh, not that you know, a couple. I guess I don't know. I was going to say a couple years ago, but I think it's longer than that now. Uh, he what had food poisoning, so he just sat on the sideline and street clothes. You know, um, last year he maybe played four minutes. I think he got a bucket. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the honor is there. And I think Jimmy appreciates the honor, but at the right. same time, he doesn't want to play. So it's like, you know, you know, if he's not going to be there and to like, it's not a game he's going to go like his style doesn't really suit an all-star game anyway, you know, right. like then give him the night off. Uh, if Pascal's played more games than him this season. Yeah, that's, yeah. So give it, yeah. give it to Pascal. Let, uh, let my fellow Canadians be thrilled. <laughs> they, they get an all-star and uh, we'll go from there. No, but like in all seriousness, I think it's really awesome. I mean, I thought it was not a given, but I thought it was fairly expected that Bam was going to make the all-star team as a reserve. Uh, It was still not, it's it's not a great look when he's not getting the fan vote that he should, but that's just fan voting in general. That's just the process of it. He's not, he's definitely not the only player where that's happened to. Um, at least he was getting respect from, I guess, the player portion of the vote, which I think makes up like 25%. Um, but nevertheless, it was, it was, it's very cool to see him make his second all-star game. He's been phenomenal this year. You could argue that he's been Miami's best player this year. And I, I probably would, would argue that. I would, I would say um, that. Just offensively and defensively, um, he's found that kind of five to 15 foot jumper. Um, he's being featured more in the offense. He's again, looked way more aggressive. Uh, which I think is a good thing for his development. Another good thing for his development, which might also not be good for Miami, is how often he's getting doubled. Um, because when he's spraying it to shooters or when he's spraying it to open areas, 
not necessarily everyone's converting those shots because Miami hasn't been a good shooting team this year, but just him getting doubled in general is good for his development because at some point he'll find counters to that. Um, And it's just a testament to how good he's been this year. The fact that he's averaging 22, 10 and three on 55% shooting or whatever it is. And he's been, he's he's having a career and he keeps getting better too. I mean, he's taken a little bit of a dip defensively, but like he's still one of, if not the best, one of the best defenders in basketball. Oh yeah. I think that, I think he's one of the best defenders in basketball just because of how versatile he is. And he's continued that trend this year. The ceiling is far from being reached. Right. Like, and he's, yeah, he's only going to get better too. That's just, or at least I hope I'm sure he will. I, he's 25. I don't think he's hit his prime yet. No, he's Um, far far from it. Uh, Like prime is prime is right. Basketball years. Right. Like he's been, he's been remarkable this year. He's been the, I think in my opinion, by far the best part of the season. I was watching him grow because. Oh yeah. It's Bam out of it's Bam out of bio. I mean, I know he might not get the national recognition that again that he might just that he deserves. I think he gets it probably more from national media now than we probably give them credit for because when you hear like a Zach Lowe or something like that talk about Bam, they're like, oh my god, Bam, 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 like he's awesome. But like maybe as a collective sum, maybe not as much, but just in general. He's not mainstream. He's yet. been he's he, yeah, he's been, yeah, right. That's that's and the best way I can put it. He's still a, he's he's an under he's an underground colossus. You know what I mean? Where it's right. like we know right. we know him. Opponents know him. Like like look at the player vote. They recognize. Yeah. They know what's up. You know what I mean? But I think I think the media had him pretty high too. I think it was the fans that did. But well, I I could be wrong. I can't remember if I had mixed that up or not. No, but no. I think I think you're anyways right. the fans anyway the fans like regardless. Yeah. No. He's been he's been incredible. I think he's been the best. Heat player this season. Um, he's the future of this franchise. Yep. Um, he's a cornerstone. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how you guys feel on this, but in my mind, Bam's a top three center in the NBA. I, I think he is he, too. I think right behind Embiid and Jokic. Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. As at least well. you could certainly argue for it. You can certainly, he's sure. cert, if he's not there, he's certainly in the discussion for it. No question. No question. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and, and I actually remember when I when I went to Miami beginning of December, and I had you know the media credentials, and I I interviewed a couple of the players. I made it a point to go out of my way to tell Bam that this team is at its best when aggressive Bam comes out to play. Right. I think I saw a stat where. I mean, it might have changed after, you know, the next game, but I believe I saw like seven and one when Bam scores over 30 points. I, I saw that some sometime maybe a couple of weeks ago or something. But statistically, what I told Bam in person is justified by the stats. The, when Bam is assertive and he really goes in his bag offensively, especially with the 30 points, Mark, this team gets better. Right. He's seven, seven and two. I think the Knicks probably gave him another loss, but seven. Yeah. Yeah. No, regardless, still good. Yeah. No, it's still good. So um, I guess, I guess our gushing over band leads us to the final topic of this show. And that's, and that's targets. Um, I want to, I want to, cause I was just, I got, had Twitter open which is a rarity these days for me, but I have Twitter open. Um, and there's something that I saw that 
piques my interest a little bit. Um, it kind of goes back to, well, it, it's, it, it's a target that everyone wants, but it's also a target that it has a Kyle Lowry relation. So I leave this one up to you boys. There's a player plays for Toronto, OG Ananobi. Um, we know he's fantastic. Uh, we know every other team wants him too. Um, we know Toronto is having a bum year. So why not give him a little bit of Dwayne Wade happiness at the trade deadline and send back Kyle Lowry and uh, throw in Duncan and see if you can make those contracts work. I don't have the contracts in front of me. This might be uh, me, me spitting out nothing, but I wanted to. Come He's back. making way less than I think Kyle is. So Yeah, I think. They, what's, a re, what's a reunion, man? Like Raptors got nothing to lose. It's <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying from a, just a contract standpoint, I mean, you probably just to weigh in here. Sorry that I cut you off, but to weigh in here. I think it would probably have to be a three-team trade um, if that were to be the case. I don't. Again, you'd have to have a third team, uh, of course, collaborate with that. That's always the difficulty. We can say, "Oh, a three-team trade or a four-team trade," but you need the three and the third and fourth team to be willing to trade assets. But I think if something like that were to happen, I don't think Miami by itself would have enough assets to facilitate a trade. And the contracts, again, with the Lowry contract, if you want a reunion, well, OG's making, I can't remember what it is, but it's somewhere in the teens. Um, and really? Lowry, he's on course, a contract that cheap right now? I yeah. Think he's, really? you know, he's, making, he's on a four-year $72 million extension with the Raptors in 2020, so he's earning $17.4 million. And then Yeah, okay, office. right. That sounds, my, my head, in my head, it was, I thought it was 19, but that yeah. sounds right. But regardless, yeah, that's, a, that's a bargain for a player like him. It really is. Yeah. Right. But like, regardless, I think if Toronto wanted to pick compensation and potentially the asset compensation in return, you yeah. can mix and match. Like Miami could send a pick and team X could send maybe a couple first round picks or whatnot to make the money work. Of course, Miami would have to uh, part with assets elsewhere. So it might involve more players going back. Um, in return than it would be a, maybe a standard OG at an Anobi deal. Um, but that would also probably mean that Miami would be getting stuff back to along with OG. Um, and so that's, that's something to take into consideration. Ultimately, I don't think Miami has enough. I think when it comes to a bidding war, I think Memphis and uh, New Orleans are two teams who have been in pretty considerable rumors for OG. I think when it comes to a bidding war, I think they will outbid Miami in that circumstance. They're also um, desperate on terrible losing streaks. So, Right. And I think, I don't want to say Phoenix is there too, but like just there's teams in the league that have more picks and more assets and better assets than Miami does. And so I think if that were the case, I think Toronto would ultimately go as they should with the best offer. I don't think Miami would ultimately have enough. I think in the end, OG Ananobi is probably a pipe dream. But if you were to facilitate something like that, it would probably have to involve a 13, I would think, if, it's just, for, Miami, for Miami to acquire. It's just so fascinating to just to even talk about because how much of a Miami Heat guide is OG Ananobi? Right. Like, no, he is the oh perfect – one, one of the more perfect players, especially since Miami needs a starting four. Just, yeah. imagine the, just imagine a defense of Oladipo, Butler, Ananobi, and Bam. Oh, you, I could, I could be terrifying. Out. Like that's terrifying. Brandon could be out there. And we would still have the best defense of the league. Like it would be just that would be a, just. I 
that bl- blows blows my brain. I can't even speak properly. That blows my brain just thinking about how good of at least a defensive uh, defensive foursome that would be. But you would have to again have pieces around that, and with it being the deadline and not free agency, you can't just go out and sign three different guys if you trade however many players for them. There has to be something, something's got to, not something's got to give, but like, it's just hard to facilitate these kinds of trades at that point. And pipe dream. For Miami. Pipe dream aside, even though like we just talked about how great of a fit that would be. Yeah. Realistically, Christian Wood is available. John, we know John Collins is available. We know Jay Crowder is available. I'm just throwing out much more, you know, realistic yeah. options for to upgrade the power forward. You think Christian was available? Like, uh, yeah, I, I, think he, I think he is. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think he is. In fact, Dallas has made Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway, and and I know Matt said this on the last podcast. JaVel McGee is available too. <laughs> No, I don't. JaVale McGee at 34 and 35, I don't think would be a good idea. But look, backup center minutes. I mean, you you brought it up on the last right. Podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> I if we're, if we're going to like just to stick three on years Raptors, ago, it would have worked. Now, not as much. Yeah. Yeah. Just to stick on the Raptors, yeah. just quick, there's an undervalued player in Toronto who's coming alive a little bit now, but I think would have a lot of potential in Miami. He doesn't get a lot like he goes through spurts in Toronto because I think Nick Nurse doesn't like playing him all the time. Um, but I always think, well, fellow Montrealer Chris Boucher would fit the heat pretty well. He's a long, lanky guy who can shoot the three. Um, we're not getting Precious back because Precious is killing it. Um, but, but like, like we kind of thought he would when he got drafted, but I think Chris Boucher would fit this team really, really interest, like in an interesting way. He's also on a cheap contract. Um, he's long. He's very long. Very long. Um, but he's good. (laughs) He's good and he never – and, like, I'd say the only issue for Chris Boucher when it comes to stats is just because he gets pulled after, like, 15 minutes or yeah. 20 minutes, you know? He hasn't – he never gets to play 30. He's only averaging 20.6 minutes a game. That's it. That's it. And it's like – and I don't know – like, look, uh, you guys get you guys get all the uh, the trappings of me getting TSN and not ESPN uh, at home. But I'm going to – I'll tell you anyway, it's like – a lot of the times when they talk Raptors and they talk Chris Boucher, it's usually Nick Nurse saying he needs to play better. You know what I mean? And not giving anything beyond that. So it's like, I know that the Raptors are pretty much heat North to a lot of people. Um, and especially when it comes to player development and the way things are handled, especially since Masai Ujiri's and Bobby Webster have been handling the team. But I think he, I think he would work really well in Miami. Like I agree. what we lack, what, we, what he lacks in, in strength he makes up in size and pure lankiness, and then like let ba- like he can let Bam handle the strength portion of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like as a floor spacer, that kind of thing. Leverage him the way you used Bosch as a floor spacer towards the end. You know, it's like there's there's room there. There's something there, and uh, that's like I just had the Raptors roster page still open. Um, but also Fred can Van. Spread, can you spread the floor though? Yeah, yeah, because he can he can shoot. He can shoot really well for like when he gets the rock from three, he's a threat there. Like uh, the Raptors use him as a spacer in that way. Um, really? and like I said, remind like let me go see what he's shooting uh, this year from three. I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm just interested, you know, to see those like yeah, efficiency yeah. numbers. So this year from three point, uh, he's shooting. It's not amazing. 
uh, it's 32%. But like when he was get like a couple years ago, 2021, he shot 38% from three. He's more than capable. Yeah. That, that's like something with, with John Collins as well. He's taken a big dip shooting wise from three this year, but I believe it was just a season or two ago. He was shooting over 40%. Yeah. From over. I don't let like, you know, current struggles, you know, affect me wanting someone to come to Miami. Like if they're, if they're capable of it, it it's obvious just based on their previous seasons. And if, if they were once a shooter, I feel like you can always be a shooter. I, I completely agree. It doesn't take much. Jay Crowder shot like 40, like 75% from three when he joined the heat just a couple of years ago at the deadline. Yeah. You know, like it's, I want to throw a few names at you guys. Go for it. And you guys could just say what, I mean, what you think, whether it's like one to 10 in, in interest. Um, first guy I'm going to start with Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, hell of a rebounder. And we need it. I'm, I'm going to say nine. Nine? In terms of like you're very interested or nine being like, no. No, no, nine being I'm very interested. I second okay. that. Because that, now that's a player who is actually willing to do the dirty work. And that's something that this Heat team is missing. Someone who will get, you know, involved in those in those rebounds and do that dirty work and – just, just be a presence down low. That's that, that's a very attractive option, in my opinion. I agree. And, and again, like Vanderbilt, not only should it be attractive to Heat fans, it's also realistic. Yep, yep. Um, I can't say better than uh, Dan did. So, yeah. Well, I, the only thing I'll throw in there is the age factor of things, but that's it. I yeah, I know, but it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Donovan Mitchell here, right? But I'm just saying, like you never, you just don't know with that. But uh, here's another name I'll throw at you: Nasri. Less excited, but serviceable. Six. Wow, okay. Six. I think I'm. I think I'm higher on Nasri than I am Vanderbilt. Really? Now that. Yeah. Well, I think Nas. I think the. I think the difference with me. I. They both not different skill sets. They they both have good skill sets in their own ways. Uh, but I like Nas Reed's floor spacing ability. I think he could play the four and the five. Okay. Um, I think Vanderbilt can too, but I think just the the bigger, more size. Um, and I that. also saw a stat today on Instagram where it said that Nas Reed as a starter is putting up much better numbers than him playing off the bench. Is he putting up better numbers than Rudy Gobert just in general? He might be. Heck, Walker Kessler might be, dude. Like, <laughs> hey, Walker Kessler's been a revelation. I, uh, He's been really good, but I'm just saying, like, the Jazz traded five picks. Hey, off off uh, the Jared Vanderbilt. Or not the Jazz. The Timberwolves traded five picks plus their first-round pick who might be better than Rudy Gobert. It's going to go down as the worst trade in NBA history. Well, it's kind of speaking of Jazz players, I got a name for you guys. Kelly Olenek. I was I was gonna bring I was, him up. I was reading your mind as you were about to say that. <laughs> um I, I love it. I, I I I love it. We know what we get from him, obviously. I mean he was back. he yeah, he helped us 
reach the finals in the bubble. He play, he plays his role great. He understands the culture. He understands what Miami does and what they represent. I, 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 I'm a seven on Olenek. I'm, a, I'm about the same. 7.5. And he's even putting up pretty good stats this year, too, uh, especially efficiency-wise, right. which is something that the Heat help him. 48% from the field this year, guys. Yeah. 48.8%. My bad. Round it. Uh, what is he from three? Uh, from three, let me tell you. Uh, I know he did start off. 39.6 from three. He's having a year. Right. He's regressed yeah, that's a big. little bit, but that's, that's still big. really good. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, I think I, you know what you're getting with Olenek. He's a pretty good positional defender, um, not the best individual defender. He's an all right rebounder. He could space the floor. He could play alongside Bam, even though I don't think that's the ideal role for him. He could play as he can give Miami backup five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the stretch five. Yeah. So I guess in that aspect, you know what you're getting out of. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami added him. Here's another name that I'm going to throw at you, and this might come as a little bit surprised, but. There has been some reporting in the past about this, and that's Grant Williams. Um, I'm with it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. I, I'm with it. I, I, I think he's a good player. I really do. I think I he's don't hate it either. Player. I mean, when I watch him, sometimes he does tries to do a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, and but like. I could talk myself into it. <laughs> I could definitely talk myself into it. Again, I don't know if that will happen just because of where both teams are at in the conference, but I don't know if he's signing that extension in the offseason. I know he wants a decent amount of money. I don't know if – heck, I don't know if Miami will either, and I don't know what Miami would have to give up or what they would want to give up to the top team in the East. Did Grant compare himself to P.J. Tucker? Was that was that Grant Williams who did that? No, I think that was um, actually uh... – Haywood Highsmith, who compared himself to PJ. Tucker. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe I might it might have been Haywood. I, for some reason, I'm thinking it's Darius Days, but he's uh-huh. not on the team. Yeah, I, I might. I think Dan's right on this. In any case, uh, Grant Williams is a definition of a solid player, like like yeah. really just really really solid. But yeah, he does he does try to do a little too much. But I can't fault someone for that. Like hell, like what? So you're hustling a little too hard? Oh well, you know. Yeah. Well, he does. He tries to do a little. Like he'll get a little. Like with the ball in his hands, he'll get a little chaotic with it. Sure probably a little more than you would want kind of, I don't, I don't mean to harp on my guy here, but sometimes Caleb Martin to where it's like, okay, just a little too much with the ball in your hands. Again, he's not, I think his shooting has been a little, his shooting has been worse this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just completely wrong, but Grant Williams. Uh, Yeah. 41.4% from three, which is spectacular. Um, Okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but his field goal percentage is, uh, Grant Williams is a shooter. He yeah, is a shooter. He's very good. He, he is the he he would be like imagine if PJ Tucker took his volume of threes. That's yeah. I I'm, really I can fill that role, man. Uh, but like just just to, just to continue with like the PJ Tucker and like just him being involved in this conversation right now. Grant Williams, very very good corner right three points right that's yeah, what like i'm like if you took if you that volume yeah yeah um another name i'll throw at you this will be this will be i'm not gonna do I'm, i might do another forward but uh d'angelo russell 
Look, how would you uh, feel about a Kyle Lowry, I, D'Angelo Russell swap or I some trade where D'Angelo it. Russell's on the Heat and Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry isn't maybe not the same trade? But. I absolutely love it. I think it's even realistic to happen, too, just because like how I mentioned earlier in the podcast tonight, Minnesota was one of those teams that I saw reportedly wanted Kyle Lowry. So like in terms of it being possible, it, it definitely is. And I think just because of it being possible and more realistic, that's what's, that's what's making me want it more. But he's another guy who is putting up great efficiency numbers. And I just looked at his stats not too long ago. He's, I, I believe he was around 48% from the field, 41% from three. That, that's what this team is lacking, like efficiency shooting. That's what the team is lacking. We need to get our team field goal percentage up. Right. Yeah, I don't know if he's traded now because of how good he's been the last month, month and a half. Uh, but he's been he's been really good. He's been, at least at least lately he's been really good. He'll still have he'll still have he doesn't have the best shot quality. Um, mm-hmm. No, but still sometimes you know, the efficiency like, isn't there. Sometimes the passing is deceptive. Still forty six percent from the field, thirty eight point nine percent from three, and his assists is six point two. It's down a little bit from seven point one the year before, um, but it's not far off from his Brooklyn days either. You know. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, I mean, that's that. I would say that's a, obviously an upgrade from from Lowry. It, it, I would say it definitely is. Yeah, it was a lot younger. He's twenty. He's he, he's ten. He's ten years younger, boys. It's a bit that, that's a game changer right there. That's a game just, a, just a wee bit. Just a, um, just a decade, give or take. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last name I'll throw at you before I throw my final question at you guys before we get out of here. Uh PJ Washington. He was linked to Miami last year at the trade deadline. I think that's Ooh. kind of resurfaced itself a little bit. There's a track record. Miami does typically like uh three and going now. back to players. He's they a like, guy. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it, but I like the other names you've named better. Yeah. That, um, more than fair. If I if we're gonna go down the PJ Washington and Charlotte route, I wanna if, if I'm doing any trade for PJ Washington with Charlotte, I wanna somehow get Terry Rogier thrown in there. Hmm. I really do. I wouldn't hmm. mind Mason Plumley, to be quite honest with you. See, I don't I don't hate the uh, idea either. I heck I was even what, like what? Like would Yaka Pertle? Uh, I'm. I'm be going really. I'm really not too high on Pumley. I'm really not. Dude's been solid his whole career, man. He'd be. He'd know. be getting the backup five minutes. Yeah, which like, he'd why be would, better why than would any be backup I mean, five I don't, Miami's had in the last seven even, years. I wouldn't even know if right off the bat if Plumley is better than Yurtsevin. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's a. He's a twelve point three points, nine point seven rebounds. 67% from the field. Like, he shoots a weird free throw, but really, are we going to fault him on that? He, that guy's almost a walking double-double. Are right those, now, with your career stats or this year? 2022-2023 season stats. Even this year with your and his ankle, we have no idea how he's going to look when he comes back. Like, at some point, Miami needs a backup five that is an Orlando Robinson. No disrespect to Orlando Robinson. They're probably going to convert him to a standard deal, but... Yeah, you're or, right. Like, if you want to be a playoff yeah. contender, or at least like be in the hunt to be a playoff contender, you're going to need minutes that Bam Adebayo can't play 48 minutes a game. I don't know if you're is as playable as some would like to think. 
maybe next year, maybe he's a year or two away. Yeah, mm-hmm. Plumlee's not the bat. Plumlee's not the worst option. No, he's I mean, never he's really. Had. And he's on a rental, I think. Yeah, hearing those stats that Brandon just said, I'm I'm very shocked right now. I didn't even know he was putting up numbers like that. Yeah, he's been like, really. Like, he's been good. Like I don't want to say good relative to other centers, but like he's for a backup five, he would be, you'd be good. Like uh, genuinely. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would take a swing on that. All right, like, let's. Uh, we got what? We got we got five minutes you, before we. A few more end. minutes here. Last question that I want to pose to y'all: um, Who do you think Miami ends up with? If you were to just right now, who do you think Miami ends up with? Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt, huh? and Kelly. Yeah. Um, okay. 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 In 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 my pie in the sky dream world. OG Ananobi in my realistic in my realistic like uh this will probably happen. Uh I could I could see I could see Kelly um and I could like if we're gonna go by the list, I could potentially see D'Angelo Russell. Maybe not both of them, but maybe one of the two. I think those I think that's the the peak in the valley, like here in terms of what we can acquire with what we got. That's good choices. Yeah. Okay. How about, what about you? you Matt? The gut instinct, if you were to just punch me in the gut right now, what would I say? I don't think that's how it works. But I would say I think Kyle gets dealt to the Clippers. Okay. In return, I think there's like a Marcus Morris, Robert Covington. Can we get Norman? Huh? Can we get Powell? I don't think so. Well, I like, I like Powell. <laughs> I, well, I, that's why I don't think we'd get him. Yeah. Be, not because you like him, but because I know uh, he's been good. He's been good. Like, I would just good. like with the Lowry trade, I would much rather him be dealt to Minnesota and work with, you know, a Reed, Russell, some sort of combination like that, rather than Marcus Morris and um, Covington. Covington. Yeah. Or like uh, I'm more I'm much more attracted towards what Minnesota can offer than what the Clippers can. Oh, I got a, I got a really quick one just before we forget. Uh Chicago needs a point guard because they don't have a point guard. Uh Goran Dragic, bring him home, baby. Oh, you, oh yeah, dude. That's that would be big. You took I mean, my slack I mean, idea. <laughs> yeah, oh, is that what that, you that's just that's just that's just like a feel-good trade, you know? Like even if he's <laughs> He's older and he can't give as many minutes as he used to. That's just a feel-good story trade. Bring right the there. dragon home. You can't breathe fire in Chicago. It's too cold. <laughs> Especially if Miami moves it off Lowry. I mean, I don't think he would go to Chicago, but if Miami moves off Lowry, I could see them flipping their 2029 20, second and maybe something smaller for it's not getting enough minutes in Chicago anyway. They're for Dragish, yeah. Like, no, like I think Ryan, yeah. you're right. So. I think that's a realistic option, assuming I think assuming Lowry gets dealt. Yeah. I mean, how about giving Gabe the reins for the starting point guard slot? Drogic as the backup point guard. Right. Th- right. That's what I'm that right. That's what I mean. Or mm-hmm. like you have Oladipo as a starting point guard or here or whatever. I think we need but I think we absolutely guys. need Oladipo for bench production. I really do. I mean, especially with no Tyler here off the bench right. anymore, we need that playmaker off the bench. Oh, 
boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put the hammer down because um, I think we could do speculation all day, which is which is why we like this. Uh, trade? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right, thank you both uh, for coming out today uh, for uh, for the trade deadline edition. Um, we'll try to get these more consistent, especially as things change over the next couple of months. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you again for coming. Thank you for listening, people who are listening. Um, and let's hope that Miami makes a splash on Thursday because uh, I know I know we would really like that. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I just hope it's someone from the list. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's we know it's not going to be oh, someone yeah. from the list. Absolutely, we know it's not. <laughs> something's going to happen. I have a feeling something's going to happen, uh, and we're just going to be like, wait, what? Like we're going to yeah. wait, whether it's for good or for better or worse, we're just going to be like, huh? Like yeah. that player, hey, Pat Riley works in mysterious ways, and so we can end up there, boys. Trust only, Pat. Only, and, thing, only you know, thing we could do is wait and find out. But yes, I agree. Trust him, Pat. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks, guys.